0: Hi there. Welcome to the Press and Obsessed Podcast. I'm G, your host, your girl, and the captain of this ship for the time being. In this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about current events that presses me, and maybe all y'all, and the media I'm currently obsessed about. and let you know whether you should try it or kick it to the curb. New episodes drop every Monday, and without further ado, let's get into it. What's up, what's up? Welcome to the Pressed and Obsessed podcast with your girl, G. I hope your week went as well as it could be. It was a beautiful week in Cali. There was a little rain, a little cloudy days, windy moments. Yeah, my uh, allergies was acting up at the end of the week. And ended with blue skies and a sunny weekend. So I feel truly blessed because... Uh, We all know that uh, especially Southern Cali needs the rain, which I'm looking forward to this week as well. Because my plants, I don't have to water them because they're receiving all the water they need. So last week I explained that I like joining groups. That I have, like I like joining things that I have similar interests and it kind of stretches me. And I don't know how this happened. But I'm part of three groups that are reading books now. And I have all deadlines in three weeks. As you know, my goal is to read 24 books in twenty-four, two 2024. And it's totally doable because I'm also counting audiobooks. Uh, so right now, I'm reading, or I'm going to read, I didn't even started. You're That Bitch by Bretman Rock. That one's an audiobook, so I'm confident that that's going to get done. "Women Who Run with the Wolves: Myths and Stories of the Wild Woman Archetype" by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Now, this book I've had for years, and I've stopped, I've started and stopped and started and stopped. And so I thought this would be a good way to push myself to finish it. Um, if I join a group that has, uh, you know reading goals there so the goal is to read to finish reading the book together by may with discussion and all that so i'm looking forward to that and then secrets of the weight smith tarot uh i told you guys about that uh, a couple weeks ago i started reading that so yeah i am juggling a few books those are the few books but I, those are the books that i'll be reading for those uh book focus clubs okay So, um, granted, the only book that I'm required to finish is the Bretman Rocks book because the others will be read a few chapters at a time. This is a lot for someone who who is is? not a fast reader. (coughs) Okay, who is... That's my honey girl. My seven-year-old chihuahua, Boston Terrier. So, sorry about that. Uh, um, I'm not a fast reader, but uh they're all nonfiction, so I'm hopeful uh I feel accomplished that I finished one book this year so far I did a review on it last week if you want to check it out I'll let you know how Bretman Rock's book is uh you're that bitch in a future review today's topic is going to be a quick rundown rant I wrote down a whole bunch of random, unrelated topics throughout the week. Uh, I realized that they don't really have anything, any connection to each other other than the fact that uh, these are topics that irritated the shit out of me. So I want to forewarn y'all that I am not a newscaster or a political analyst. Um, I'm not CNN. I'm not C-SPAN. I'm not... You know, uh, Fox News. So uh, it's just one person's opinion. Um, these are some topics of the week that ha- that have got me pressed. And um, I thought I'd express it as a regular degular citizen. I'm a little bit distracted today because there's a lot of football games happening. And I'm trying to get this in the can before third quarter of the Lions 49ers game. So uh Forgive me if I sound a little scatterbrained right now. Um, I'm sure there are more pressing things to talk about uh, that happened this week. But the but this is only a half hour episode. So take a sip of your beverage. I'm going to do that right now. And let's go. All right. First thing off the brat. I'm going to talk about Gaza. I mean, we can't avoid it. We can't not talk about it. Um, this rant is going to be short. Because uh, I'm not bringing this up to debate this topic. Uh, long story short, cease fire. Military violence will not resolve anything uh, and stop the genocide. How many deaths, especially of innocents, elderly, women, children, we're not talking soldiers. We're talking about regular degular people like me um, who are the most affected are enough. Like how how, what's the number that we're trying to hit here? If you are not moved by the more than 25,000 people that have been killed so far in Palestine that have been reported, then us as Americans, this should move you. Our government is always saying there is no money, no money for anything, no money for social programs like health care, family leave education, higher education, et cetera, et cetera. But we always have an unlimited buttload of a budget and spending billions, and this is not an exaggeration, Google it, to fund this genocide. So when they say there's no money for this or that, which really pisses me off because I, my, my job depends on the funding of the government um, and programs for kids, there's always like there's not enough money for this and there's not enough money for that and we need to cut the spending and we need to cut your program and you have to do without or just spend it out of pocket it's like it's uh it's uh it blows my mind every time I hear the money spent that's reported you know uh They gotta shut the government down because they can't agree on how to spend money and blah, 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 because there's not enough money and we're going to go bankrupt and all that. I call bullshit. I support Palestinians in resisting colonization, apartheid and genocide. This is a playbook that's been going on in history forever. And I feel like as Americans, I don't want to be part of it. These are things that you can do if you feel the same way I do. So, join local groups in support of Palestine, contact your representative and say, number one, I want to stop the genocide and demand a ceasefire. Number two, end all United States aid to Israel. And number three, demand a free Palestine. Another thing to do is go to bdsmovement.net to get more information on boycotts, divesting and sanctions, which will help the cause. And then continue to inform yourself and others when you have the chance. Okay, that's my rant for topic number one. All right, let's talk about salt, salt burn hype. I told you these topics do not connect to each other um, at all. So initially, I didn't want to watch this movie because as an avid movie moviegoer, uh, the trailer set it up as a movie about classism and rich people's problems. And I just wasn't interested in this one. I was like, I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, At the time, there were so many other great, interesting movies to choose from. And I just intentionally chose not to see that one. However, since it is now streaming on Prime and there has been a buzz around the movie uh, in social media. And it finally reached our work lunch table. So I said, fine, I'll watch it this week. And honestly it was too predictable for me it was like it was uh kind of sort of what I thought it was gonna be uh but it was the the chain of events were very predictable um and uh uh, I also have to add that when I watched it we had an earthquake (laughs) like it was like seven seconds or a little bit longer but it felt like oh my god um we're used to earthquakes here in Southern Cali, but it's, it's, there's no warning. So it, when you feel it, you're like, whoa, is this the big one? But it wasn't the big one. In fact, uh, Johnny um, fell asleep through it, and he was sitting right next to me. And because we were watching the same movie, he fell asleep. So like, what does that tell you? Um, <laughs> so anyway, going back, um, I watched it, and it was predictable, I mean, most movies are, but it was too predictable for me to the point of annoyance. And and it was trying too much to be provocative and shocking. Um, uh, I mean, good effort, I guess, which but it wasn't shocking. It wasn't really. I mean, it sounded like something was like a, a, gone awry or something. Uh, according to social media, because they would show reactions of people watching the movie for the first time. So um, like people watching it with their parents or their moms and being completely embarrassed, like, uh, okay, I get that. Um, you shouldn't be watching with your kids. Uh, if you want to watch it yourself, I sh- go ahead watch it. But I don't, it's not for kids in the room um, I think it's just I think I was just unless you want to talk about it <laughs> but, but um, I wouldn't recommend it um, anyway it, it was about rich people's problems um, I don't know what the point was of this movie other than that the mansion that they call Saltburn that's what it's named the name comes from was a great location like it was a perfect location to shoot this movie so I give them kudos on that And, you know, the characters were beautiful. But, I mean, that's, again, that's to be expected. Um, I guess it was also a um, social commentary on how everyone envies the rich. And if you're you're crazy enough, you'll do whatever to get their wealth and social status. I'll just say that because I'm all about no spoilers. I think you should watch it for yourself. But if that sounds like something you want to watch, go for it. Um, In the story, some people have too much free time, like the main characters in the story. And you'll see what I mean about that. Uh, But there's some parts that are interesting. Well, not not even interesting. They're, They're supposed to be, like, shocking. That's the only word I can think of. And it was okay. It was all right. So, on to the next. So, let's talk about another movie... Let's talk about uh, how the Oscars are coming and the Oscar nominations came out. And there was a buzz online that The Color Purple got snubbed, that Fantasia, Barrino, the one that played the main character, Miss Seeley, who got snubbed. So I did watch this when it first came out. And I'm surprised I forgot to add this to my whole uh, movie musical episode. Uh, so I won't mo- make this into a full full-on review. In short, I liked it. It was entertaining. It is a movie musical adaptation of the Broadway musical. So those of us that have read the book uh, The Color Purple by Alice Walker and have seen the 1985 Steven Spielberg film of the same name, it is not that. It's a totally different vibe. It's a totally different mood. Um, I think it's hard to show. And this is my opinion. I think it's hard to show the essence of a deep, horrific abuse and trauma through singing and dancing. That's just me. Uh, I guess that's why I had problems with Hamilton. And I don't hate me. But I couldn't get into the slave owners dancing and singing throughout the whole musical. I couldn't get through it. Um, but that's just me. Don't hate me. Um, there's 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 a uh, there's value and there's um, there's merit in the choreography and the music and the performance of Hamilton. And I will say the same thing with the Color Purple, like awesome. Um, but in terms of like matching the tone. And um, of the book, Alice Walker's book. I'm, t- I'm going back to color, color Purple. It did not match. Um, it was beautiful, though, uh, visually. Um, so when they talked about how the Color Purple mu- movie musical got snubbed for Oscar nominations, I was like, meh. I mean, <sighs> the Color Purple, the ri- the film film version, the original one, I believe did get nominated and I think, I believe Oprah Winfrey got an Oscar for her performance for supporting actress, I believe. Uh, I gotta look that up. That, that's very lazy of me not to look that up. I just thought of it right now. Um, but first of all, I think we need to stop putting energy into ward shows. As someone who watches a lot of movies, a lot of wonderful films and TV shows never get mentioned. So, it's really not an accurate or good measure of value and what's entertainment. It means nothing. I don't know because I'm my old age, but I'm just like, "Mm." Have y'all watched Reservation Dogs on Hulu? If you have Hulu. Why, oh why, they didn't sweep the nominations is beyond me uh, for Emmy or for Golden Globes. Because, honestly every single season was good every single episode was art it blew me away like it's humorous it's dramatic it it has um, something you could sink your teeth into something to com- converse about uh it has um native american uh a native american cast and native american uh crew uh the writing is excellent it's like like, it's something you'd want to watch over and over again. Okay, that's my that's my soapbox about Reservation Dogs. See it. If you slept on it, wake the ec- <laughs> Wake up. I was going to say something else, but wake up and, like, try, give it a chance. Um, I don't think they should televise these award shows. Like, I know it's advertising and marketing, you know, to the masses, you know, Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Just keep your roasts and your feasting and your drunk speeches to yourselves. It's like... It's like it feels like homecoming or prom night, okay? Every year, like say you're in high school and every year, it's the same popular people getting nominated over and over again, or the same circle of friends that get circles or circle of friends that get nominated. Uh, and then there's the occasional token regular Schmegler character up there to appease everyone else. So we us regular schmegler people can relate. I mean, it, it feels like that. like like it's the same movie over and over again, right? Anyway. I know that Oscars mean more money for their films, more, what is it, visibility, yada, yada, capitalism, future projects, deals, capitalism, blah, 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 capitalism, capitalism. But it takes away from the beauty in art of creating and appreciating art. Like, it takes away from stretching yourself and you're, you're the way you think as an audience, it, it, like to experience new things new ideals, unexplored cultures, learning about other people and histories that maybe don't get to be told, stories that don't get to be told. Like, having conversations like this, although this is a one-way conversation, we're not having a conversation, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the kind of conversations I have with people. I don't don't wanna debate whether it was good or not. I mean, I I don't think that's helpful. Like, I wanna talk about how scenes made you feel. And why? Why did it make you feel that way? Why are things funny to you or feel uncomfortable? Like, I know I rate my reviews only to give you a gauge on how I felt about the movie or book. Maybe I need to shift my way of reviewing now, but I'll have to think about that. But go out and watch The Color Purple, both versions. Yeah, I I challenge you to really immerse yourself in the art. Um, Read the book, Alice Walker's book. Then watch the color purple 1985 version. and then when it's streaming, watch the color purple uh, mu- movie mu- musical and then form your opinion on that. Um, I would love to hear what you think. All right, next topic. Uh, this is gonna be my last rant, <laughs> but uh okay, bus transit workers. There was a story that I was listening to this week about violence uh on bus transit workers in Oakland. And it had been a problem, a pattern, um, happening, you know, often. I was I was listening to the story while I was commuting and I got so fired up <laughs> uh listening to it. Uh it you know, I listened to some talk radio or podcasts or you know whatever I'll even put on videos and just like have me listen to it so I don't fall asleep so this is one of the stories that made me perk up it fires me up when I see service workers like transportation workers being abused and hurt at their job I don't understand it well okay I do understand it there's a set of characters on public transportation that are unwell sometimes violent and transit workers are always put in maybe a dangerous situation. My whole thing is, why does this keep happening? If they know that it keeps happening on this bus or this transit line, like, like, if it's a thing, why isn't there any safeguards in place? I mean, why are these poor people being subjected to this? I mean, they probably need this job, right? And I know, quote unquote, defund the police was not a popular slogan. I get it. I think the messaging and the slogan was lacking. It was faulty, uh it was clunky but i understand why you know people were saying that police are there to protect and serve it says it on the the side of the car right but in my experience they're only there afterwards something bad happens they're only there afterwards to write reports and and they only come if someone gets hurt or killed if it's not there to actually protect anybody um, if they're not writing reports, they're stopping people for no good reason or hurting unharmed unarmed people. Unfortunately, we know this, people of color. I think what really triggered me, I guess, was thinking about school shootings, especially the Uvalde one that just happened. Uh, Uvalde school in Texas, it still makes me emotional, upset, um, tearful is because how they knew they meaning the police, they knew there was an active shooter. Um they kn- they've been trained on this. And teachers and students were being shot at and killed, and the police were given orders to not intervene. That ooh, that burns me up. And all those babies, all those babies and the teachers were killed. Y'all, aren't you supposed to protect? And serve. You are the ones that have the guns. You are the ones with the bulletproof vests. Teachers and students have no defense. And 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 now the the newest news that's that's on this week is that the parent of the shooter, uh, who bought that shooter the gun, um, that young shooter, by the way. She shows no remorse or compassion for the victims' va- families, burn in hell, lady. So, what are our police for? I see them driving around my ha- my neighborhood. I don't know. They're waiting for me to jaywalk. I, I'm not sure. Unfortunately, there are unsafe transients and unhoused people around my neighborhood, um, but I don't I don't see police re- pre- uh, presence. In fact, the time they came out to my house, uncalled, I didn't call them, was when my husband was cleaning out his car in front of our house, his house. They frisked him in front of all our neighbors because he quote unquote fit the description of stealing someone's car or something. Well, there was a couple things. We're not sure what was actually what they were looking for. Um, They didn't ask him for his ID. Isn't that kind of like a thing, right? Uh, Like, who are you? Where do you live? You know, uh, like, okay, this is my car. Ask me for my driver's and registration, driver's ID and car registration. And then they didn't tell him at first what was the reason for the stop. And when they did, both of the cops that stopped them, uh, yeah, because there was a scene. Um, They had two different reasons. So two different crimes happened that he fit both their uh, descriptions. Um, And uh, they didn't even ask him, like, where do you live? Like, he didn't even have a chance. Like, hey, I live right here. I'm cleaning out my car. Um, I'm hearing stories of transit workers who who happen to be older. Some are women being spat at on a regular basis, yelled at. There was one that was punched, attacked. There's video evidence of all this and what is being done to keep them safe and the passengers safe. They want us to ride public transportation because, you know, us working people, you know, we got to sacrifice, right? Like to relieve the traffic, to helped with uh you know pollution and and if you want to save on high grass prices you know you name it it's like it's they're 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 trying to like sell it to us right and i would love to ride the metro train here but i do feel unsafe on the train train now uh the last time i rode it was like i think 2018 or 2019 but my partner doesn't want me to ride it because his coworker got stabbed on the metro and there's not safety on these high-incidence high, incidence, uh, high incidence transportation uh, transits. And that has to change. So I would like to see more security and, you know, police presence at these high-incidence spots. All right. Let me take a big, deep breath and uh, a swig of my coffee. Whew. I can't believe I got through that. All right. So, story time. So, I have been into stand-up. Um, I've been into stand-up, but I've been heavily into stand-up now. I, uh, I don't know what triggered it. I don't know why. but Well, no, I think I know why. There, near me, we have a, like, a stand-up store, like, Like, um, not a comedy star, it's called Laugh Factory. And uh, it's where stand-ups are on stage, right? You see them in person. So I've watched two in-person stand-up shows this year so far. And I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. It's so great having a hearty chuckle or being part of a collective laughter when the jokes are flowing. It's such a boost to... My mood, mental health. It's great to have the humor. It's a great release. However, you knew however was gonna come. <laughs> I had I had a moment. Okay, just a moment. Uh, the comedian on stage was telling a joke about her health situation. It was it had to do with endometriosis, pap smears, and her heavy cycles. And okay, let me preface this by saying, I have hospital phobia. Phobia. Okay, let me say that again. I have hospital phobia. I'm not. We don't have time to, to explain why I have this, but I also have dentist phobia as well. Bad experience, X, Y, and Z. So maybe one day I will explain it all in this in this podcast, but not today. So you just need to know that. You just need to know that. So. Even listening about stories that are said in hospitals are like nails on a chalkboard, depending on how the the person tells the story, okay? If they're very graphic, like, I can't handle it. I've had some experiences that were very traumatizing that took place in a hospital or a dentist office um, that I'm still working on, but let me tell you. Her joke about this particular setup was literally half her set. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. It's like twenty to thirty minutes of this, because she was like the she was the main deal. I tried to laugh and find the humor and see the humor, but sometimes, okay, so there was be times where she would tell the story, and clearly it was not the time for the punchline yet. She was still setting up the story, and people were laughing, and I just. I just couldn't connect. And I'm like, I think they're not. Johnny says, like, why are you judging people on when they laugh? I'm like, no, because I know that there's a setup and a punchline, right? So I was so confused as to why the people were laughing when she was mentioning she had miscarriages and she couldn't carry a baby. And I was so triggered and mortified. (laughs) Like, I knew there was going to be a punchline because she's a great comedian. So I wasn't too worried about it. Like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait it out. But it did make me feel a way when she said, quote, so I had been able to carry having all these miscarriages. In fact, I just had a miscarriage last fall. And women were laughing. I was like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. I need to hear the funny part. I don't have kids. uh, So I don't know, Maybe those, maybe those people... You know, I've never had a miscarriage either. So maybe those people thought it was uh, funny. I I didn't get it. Um, But it was women that were laughing. And they were laughing um, like heartily. I was so confused. But the rest of her set, which was like 40 more minutes, was great. Like after we got over that hump, like I was fine. I was laughing heartily. I know some jokes are meant to make you feel uncomfortable. So I get that part. But that audience reaction was odd to me. Like, they might have been already lit. Like, so I'll give them that. I was like, what if they were just already came or drunk? Because, you know, you want to have a good time. But I was like, it was making me feel awkward. They were laughing at her. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever been in a situation where something was funny to other people, but not to you? And let me also ask, do you have phobias that seem unreasonable to other people, but you suffer in silence with this fear? Let me know. I think I'll feel much better because I feel like I have an irrational phobia of, you know, hospitals and dentist uh, offices and procedures. It's more the procedures and the things that they do to you in these places that I have massive fear about, but... I just wanted to know, like, has anybody been in a place where it was, like, awkward because you're the only one that didn't think it was that that funny? (laughs) Now I'm laughing. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to my podcast. Please share with your comadre, bestie, partner in crime. I will totally appreciate it. I am now on Apple Podcasts. So rate and review. And if you're listening on Spotify, please follow, rate, and answer the poll. And I will, because I would love to hear from you and what you thought of this episode. So, have a great week. Let's take a collective sigh. Be well.